Sunday Showcase, highlighting some of the best audio storytelling found anywhere. All right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Welcome back to Mutual Presents, episode 423. I'm Jack Ward, right here with my co-pilot for your passage to yesteryear, Penny the Cat. It may be yesteryear in our destination, but with Exploring Tomorrow, we're always headed to a future that hasn't happened yet, and may very well be stuck in an alternate timeline for all we know. Regardless, Navigator Penny and I are set to catch the Mountain of Diamond Inferiority and the Man from the Past. So turn those dials and the bridge back on the clocks as we start our double feature. Now, step into the incredible, amazing future as we go exploring tomorrow. And now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind, John Campbell, Jr. Hate and love are really quite close to each other. Usually, hate stems from a misunderstanding of something which properly understood would make love. One of the concepts that many people don't see, miss, uh, just get all wrong, is the fact that there is superiority. And there is inferiority. But those things are specialized and narrowed into special areas. If you don't recognize them, the system won't work at all. If you do recognize them, well, you know, each must then recognize two things. That he is superior and that he's inferior. This is a story of a man who hadn't learned, hadn't found out, the importance of special superiority and special inferiority. Phil, are you ready for a drink? My name is not Philip. My name is Senga. What? Nothing. You'd better drink this. Thanks. To our last night on Earth for some time to come. Or better yet, to this house where I was born. To the green mountains and jungles we've loved and hunted in. To all this we leave behind. I was looking at her. Yes, she's beautiful. The brightest planet of them all. She's dark and she's ugly. Not from this distance. From here, no. But she's ugly. The ancients didn't think so when they named her Venus. They never got there. No. But you did. You've been there. So will you. Tomorrow you'll be on your way. We both will. Sen, you've never talked much about the place. I told you it's hot. Very hot. Animals? A great many. But I saw only a few. You mostly only hear them. Once I wanted to go hunting, your father said no. He couldn't forget I was Indian. You and I have hunted here, so don't talk rot. Your father never approved. All right, he picked me up in the mountains here when I was four years old. He brought me to this house. Now I am 32 with 28 years of education and civilization behind me, but I am still Indian. All right. 
Guido, tell me I have a complex. No, no, no. But ever since you came back from Venus, you've had a chip on your shoulder. Now, come on, fella. You and I grew up like brothers. There's no difference between us. Isn't there? And you're a first-rate space pilot, as good as my father was. As good as you, too? Just as good. After all, you brought the ship back to Earth alone. Almost alone, anyway. You had my father's body with you. He was a great man, son. The greatest space explorer of this age. Yes. He was a great man. At least it was you who shared his last minutes... You he chose to go with him on that trip. He thought quite a lot of you. It was not a matter of choice that he took me along. What do you mean by that? Nothing. I've said more than I intended. I have a right to know, Phil. Yes, yes. When we get there, let's call it a night. We blast off at dawn. We need sleep. Green light. Blast off. Coffee? Thanks, I can use a cup. A quarter of a million miles out in space before morning coffee. Not bad, eh? Phil. Yes? My father was not the first man to land on Venus... But no one else, so far as we know, found diamonds there. No one else ever went to the right area. Besides, you use the word diamond in the plural sense. The singular would be more correct. The peak of this mountain is one solid diamond. Pushed up there from the interior by volcanic action. A slab of diamond that must weigh 7,000 tons. If it's true, then diamonds back home will become absolutely worthless. Not immediately. And what happens later will not concern us. Why didn't you bring back a sample? There were many reasons. You'll understand when you get there. There's a lot you haven't told me. A great deal, yes, but you can wait. Let's play some chess. Exploring Tomorrow continues in just a moment. All of us, as American citizens, believe in our inherent liberties and freedoms, such as the freedom of association, assembly, and action. But if you will read the First Amendment to the Constitution, you will notice that it is worded, Congress shall make no law abridging the right of the people peaceably to assemble. Whatever the association, assembly, or action, it must be accomplished peaceably. We are given the right to petition, for example, but that right cannot be used to bring malice upon others. We must assume the responsibility for the purposes and actions of associations and assemblies. And if we accept that responsibility, we ensure our freedom. When a kid grows up at a certain period of life, he stops being a child, and yet he is not yet a man. I... He's an adolescent, somewhere in between. This is one of the most critical areas of development. This is where we have our juvenile delinquents starting, becoming what they are. The juvenile delinquent is an adolescent gone wrong and misunderstanding. An adolescent is in the problem of inferiority and superiority. Superiority. 
He's inferior to his parents. And it's a general inferiority. Because the parents have greater experience, greater understanding, greater wisdom, simply by the sheer accumulation of understanding of problems they've had to solve and experience themselves. We have to walk about a quarter of a mile through the jungle. Then we start to climb. What? What's the matter? Maybe hallucination. You saw something? No, someone. Oh, a man, half naked, a savage. You saw him too. Yes, I glimpsed him. <laughs> there are people here. That's right. You told the newspapers you saw no sign of people. I didn't feel like telling the newspapers all I saw any more than your father did after his first trip here. Oh, yes, Guido. He knew about these people. He never told anyone. They're human like us. Descendants from a group of people who came here from Earth millions of years ago. People more advanced in science than we are today. Only through the years they lost their knowledge. Reverted to the jungle. At least, that was your father's theory. Are they hostile? I'm not sure. They've seen the ship before, of course. Yes, they've seen it before. They know we come out of space. It's fantastic. Descendants of Earth people. It's, it's as fantastic as your Diamond Mountain. The Diamond Mountain is very real. Come. We have a long walk. How far above? About a thousand feet above ground level, I'd say. The air's thin. Shouldn't be this thin at only a thousand feet. Nevertheless, it is. I can hardly breathe. It won't get much worse. Stick it out. We should have brought oxygen masks. It's too hot. They'd be impractical. That's right. Maybe it's the heat, not so much the thin air. I feel as though I'm being scorched up. Save your breath. Come on. All right. Come on. Oh, we've still got to climb. That's right. I feel like... I can't... I can't go much further. Try. I... I can't... I... I... Sorry, Phil. You did better than I thought, as a matter of fact. Much better than your father. What? He collapsed about a hundred yards further back. But, of course, he was much older. Don't look so shocked. I don't understand. It is simple to understand. This is the place where I discovered I am not of an inferior race. Here in this place, I was your father's superior. Now I am your superior. I can live where you can die, where he died. You let him die. No, no, I didn't want him to die. I wanted to enjoy my sense of superiority. I carried him back, but it was too late. He was too weakened. I, I can't think properly. I, but I, I can. Your father wanted you to come here for the diamond. It was an easy promise for me to give him. I wanted to bring you here. I wanted to realize my superiority. It's crazy kind of talk. <laughs> That's crazy. You're like my brother. He was like your father. Oh, no, no. He was the great Paulo Santos. Perhaps the greatest explorer and ship designer of his day. He built our ship. He was the scientist supreme, superior man. And you're his natural son. Guido, look up there. I said look up there. You can see the diamond peak. Some kind of rock. Crystal rock. No, no pure diamond. 
I have been up there. I chipped a piece off. I brought it back here to your father. He knew it was diamond. He lived just long enough to confirm that. I can reach the diamond, you see. But you can't. No one of your race could, but I can. I've got to get to lower ground. Not without my help. See? You're too weak to move. Uh, you must depend on me. You're crazy. Oh, no. I won't let you die. But I'll take away your sidearms. I can't have you armed. How does it feel, Guido? Feel? About superior man suddenly confronted by superiority of an inferior race. Uh, I've got to get to lower ground. A situation that reflects the law of the universe, Guido. Your father was always talking about that. Well, I don't want you to die. I want you to live so that you can serve me. I get you to lower ground. You know, hate has a very real place in life. We need it. Man is unique among the living things on this planet, and that he does have hate. Man hated the wolf. He hated the cave bear. He eliminated those species that were just not tolerable. Hate has a good side. Hate has a place. The difficulty is when the hate is misplaced, when it is generalized and not specialized to the pain point where it belongs to the thing that is really wrong. I'm afraid Phil misunderstood and had his hate directed in the wrong direction. It wasn't a race he hated. He just thought he did. What he hated was to have someone who was older and wiser than he himself. And now he had misplaced it to another guy who was trying to do a good job with him. You won't have any use for sidearms, so don't try to get them back. If you do, I'll kill you. What do you have in mind? I have a plan, but I'll need to have the help of the people here. You can't reach the diamond, but I can, and so can they. Our job is to get them to carry the drilling equipment up that hill so that I can start chipping the diamond. You think they'll work for you? <laughs> They're afraid of me. After your father died, they attacked, and I had to kill some of them with a blaster. That's why they don't show themselves now. It may take a little while, but I've got to make them understand that they must do what I want. Suppose you succeed. Well, when I leave here, I'll take away enough diamond to convert into enough cash that will make me just about the richest man on earth. Once I've done that... I'll... What about me? You. Won't I be an obstacle? No. You'll do away with me. Not here. I'll wait until we're out in space. Just like that. I'm afraid so. <laughs> it's funny, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes, yes. You identify yourself with what you call an inferior race and resent the people who made you our intellectual equal. Human nature. I should feel grateful instead, eh? Is that it? You've been shown nothing but kindness. Gratitude wouldn't be out of place. If you only knew how I hated that word. I know. Some people do. It makes them squirm. They cry for help. They get it and they hate you for it. I didn't cry for help. Yes. You were a child of four, abandoned in the jungle. You were crying when my father found you. You'd have died or been killed by some animal. Or survived and just been a savage. Now, now it's coming off. Everything you and your father felt about me. I'm sorry for you. You, Bill. you sorry for me. I hold the reins. No. No, history is full of people like you. The little upstarts with a lust for power and hatred. You never last long. The law of the universe never tolerates you. Law of the universe. You sound like your father. 
That's nice to know, Phil. By the way, we're being watched. I know that. You'd better let me have my side on it. Not a chance. You said these people were scared. They are. Not scared enough. That's another law of the universe and a lesson for mystery. People are never too scared to resist an invader. And we're invaders. They won't resist if I turn this blaster on them again. The ones you kill won't. I don't want to kill them. I want to talk to them. In what language? Sign language. What else? You can try. It may take weeks or months. Well, what happens in the meantime? We'll go back to the ship. There's open space there. Sooner or later, a few of them will approach us. Then I'll try to talk to them. Then we better start down, unless we're surrounded. I'll blast our way through if there's trouble. Come on. Keep ahead of me where I can see you. No trouble. You see? I'm sure I spotted a couple. Shadows. All right. About a quarter of a mile from the ship. Come on. Keep in front. Get down. A slingshot. Piece of rock. Yes, it hit this tree instead of one of us. Piece of rock. Here it is. A diamond the size of a small egg. Diamonds for ammunition. This planet must be crawling with diamonds. Keep down. Yeah. I blast them to kingdom come. Uh, but we're the first ones in history to be stoned with diamonds. Better pick them up. You pick them up. If I could just see what those savages are. They're not too close. We can't stay here. Come on before they close in from all sides. You may not have time to shoot in all directions. All right. We push on. Get anything? No, but I've got a feeling they see us. The ship is pretty close now. to use a gun once. Better keep quiet. You have a nasty cut on your head. We're going back to report to the World Council. Every country in the world has a stake in this matter. The Council will decide what to do about the diamonds, not us. Why didn't you leave me there? To them. Let's say two basic laws came into conflict. The law of the universe decreed your death. You're alive only because of the basic law of civilized human nature, compassion. You've still got to learn that, Phil. Nothing will change that. yourself and a lot of other people around you, mighty unhappy, if you try to have all values and be able to do everything, consider yourself uh, tops at anything around. None of us has that ability. We can't do it all. 
But each of us has his own special talents, his own individual abilities. And for these, every one of us is valuable. And every one of us needs every other one for that special individual talent. No, no individual is everything. The other guy's got something you need. in our cast tonight were Mason Adams and Donald Buker. The script was by John Fleming, produced and directed by Sanford Marshall here in New York. This is Guy Wallace speaking. We pause now for station identification. Exploring tomorrow. Now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind, John Campbell. The two o'clock jet from Montana has just landed at New York, bringing in some 200 passengers, including some who have come to the world's largest city for the first time. Roy Bartlett is one of these. Big strapping kid out to seek fame and or fortune. And New York was ready for him. The ancient custom of fleecing the country yokel will not die out for quite a few centuries to come. He just emerged from the port terminal and was looking around, big-eyed and confused and bewildered by the immensity of it all, when a girl came up to him. Hello there. Waiting for someone? Uh, uh, do you speak to me, miss? That's who I was talking to, handsome. I asked you, are you waiting for someone? Oh, no, no, no. That is... I mean, I just got here, miss. I came in from Montana on the on the jet plane there. Oh. You got friends here? Oh, I'm afraid I don't, miss. I just sort of decided to up and come to the city and sort of try my luck at it. Well, maybe I can help you. I sort of like you. You do? Mm-hmm. You know, something in me wants to help strangers to, to show them the ropes. And I've got free time now. I'd, I'd like to... Well, spend it with you. Oh, you're so kind. So pretty. <laughs> you think so? Oh, yes, yes. You're, you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Your smile, your eyes. You... Oh, you're good. I can tell you, you're warm and sweet. It's good of you to come to talk to me like this, to stand so close to me. Well, I think I like you, too. Uh, what did you say your name was? I didn't. Oh, I, I mean, it's Bartlett, that Roy Bartlett. Well, I'm Diana Lawson. Mm. You're big. <laughs> Strong out there. Handsome. Well, does it does it always happen this way? Uh, Suppose we stop in for a bite to eat at that refresher mat and get to know each other, huh? I think that's a wonderful idea. <laughs> You 
see how it works, Troy? Each drink you want, you put a half credit coin in the slot and punch out the combination. Mm-hmm. For a martini, you punch out four, three, six, like it says on the board up there. Here, give me the money. I'll get us some drinks. Huh? All right. Four, three, six. Mm. There we are. Whoa. So nice dry martini. Here, you take yours and we'll go to that table. Oh, careful, Sidley. Don't spill it. Well, aren't, aren't we going to get anything to eat? Oh, we can eat later. The occasion calls for a drink to, to celebrate your arrival. Here you are. And sip it this time. Well, I'm, I'm sorry if I did the wrong thing with the drink. I just didn't know, of you know. Of course you didn't know but you'll learn all these things, Roy. Uh, where are you from? Why are you here? Well, I worked all my life on my father's farm, and he died last year and left me all alone out there, Steve. Oh. I kept things going a while and then figured I ought to try something different. And sold the farm, and I bought a ticket to New York. And one way ticket. Oh. It must seem like a different world to you. Oh, it does. Big and frightening, unfriendly. At least it seemed unfriendly at first. Till I met you, Diane. <laughs> uh, I can't ever thank you enough for coming over to me when I was alone. You don't need to thank me, Roy. Just common decency to help a stranger out. <laughs> Especially when he's a good-looking stranger. Uh, when are you seeing the central computer? The what? The central computer. Huh? Well, it runs New York, you know. Keeps the trains moving, the traffic lights, everything. You have to register with a computer when you establish permanent residence here. If you don't have a job, the computer will give you one. You mean you didn't know that? I guess I hadn't heard. Well, where'd where I find this uh, computer? Well, just ask any policeman. He'll get you there. Oh, Diana, you're swell for helping me out like this. I mean, I was... Oh, there's some way I could thank you for this. Oh, I told you it's just common decency. Uh, Roy, the money from the sale of your farm, did you bring it with you? You bet, yes, sir. 5000 in cash and the same in traveler's checks. Oh, so much. You carrying it around with you? Yeah, sure. Hey, that's dangerous, Roy. You'd better put it in the bank right away. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know any bank. Oh, I'll take you to one. Come on. Uh, unless you want another drink before we go. No, no, I haven't, I haven't finished this one yet. Here, wait a minute. Mmm. <laughs> those, those things taste better after you've had a few, you know? <laughs> now, come along. I'll take you to the bank and then to the computer. Oh, it's wonderful of you to take this interest in me. They they warned me New Yorkers were unfriendly people, but they sure aren't. <laughs> Down this way. In here. But it's dark and it's... Hey! Go ahead, my head up! Get away from me, you... Leave me alone. Oh. Ah. 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 You are Roy Bartlett, age twenty. 20- 
25, height 6 feet 2 inches, weight 185 pounds, born in Helena, Montana, 17 February 2184. Parents deceased. If any of this information is incorrect, please amend it. That's all correct, sir. Use of honorific titles is not necessary when addressing us. According to the report of the police officer who found you, you were beaten and robbed shortly after your arrival in New York. That's right. She said she wanted to help me to, to show me the ropes in New York. Identify more specifically the she to whom you refer. She gave her name as Diana Lawson. Describe her. Oh, she's a uh, medium height, uh... Five four or so, and blonde hair, good looking, cute face. Though the eyes are a little hard now that I think about it. She she looks about uh, twenty three or so. Our record banks hold no information on someone of that name fitting the description you give. The name was obviously assumed. Your introduction to New York life was unfortunate, but not uncommon. Do you plan to remain here as a permanent citizen? Yes, I, I, I mean, yes. What are your vocational plans? I'm afraid I don't have any. Your previous experience is wholly agricultural. This will be of little use to you in the metropolitan area. Have you any preference for the type of work you would like to do? This would guide us in assigning you. I'd... Well, I'd like to help people, if you know what I mean. I'd like to keep people from having the thing happen that, that happened to me. I mean, New York is full of confused, unhappy people who have to prey on others like the girl did on me. You regard her as confused, unhappy? Of course. I can't think of her as being just, well, wicked. People aren't born bad or good. They're, they're raised that way. Maybe she could have been helped a few years ago, and then she wouldn't have to go around robbing strangers. You harbor no hatred for the girl. I sort of never looked at it as hatred, sir. I mean... I'm sorry, sir, I can't help calling you, sir. If it makes you more comfortable, you may. Thanks, sir. Well, as, as I was saying... No, I, I, I don't hate that girl, Diana. I'd help her if I could. She is a warped criminal. But is that permanent, sir? Can't she be brought in and straightened out somehow? There is psychological rehabilitation for criminals, yes. Well, you mean if she could only be caught and brought in, she could be turned into a useful citizen? If she could be found... In a city this large, it is not always possible to track criminals. Well, I'd like to try to find her, sir. I mean, that's my vocational plans. I'd like to become a policeman, sir. You will have to face psychological testing first, of course, and a training period of six months. But let us warn you, Roy Bartlett, if your motive in this is one of revenge, you will not survive the first battery of tests. Revenge? Oh, no, not revenge, sir. I want to help that girl. And the others like her. Honest, that's what I want to do. This will be demonstrated in the tests. Do you think I'll make the grade, sir? The tests will answer that. But I mean, 
You computers can figure probabilities. Can't you tell me if, if... You are most unusual, Roy Bartlett. But the probability favors your success. You will be taken to the testing center immediately. And if you are approved, you will go to the training camp. Oh, thanks, sir. Thanks for, for listening to me. Will you wish me good luck? Our data banks do not show the validity of such a wish, Roy Bartlett. But if your statements today were sincere, you should have no difficulty attaining your goal. The robot will show you to the testing center. Of course, a computer can talk about revenge. Uh, that's a word that can be put in its vocabulary. But it couldn't understand what revenge meant. It couldn't understand human feelings of any kind. For that, human beings are necessary. For that, Roy had to be passed along to human beings who could teach him, could understand him, could help him understand himself and find what his life work should be. Mind if I sit down here, miss? You seem to be alone. I am alone. Glad to have some company. Sit down, stranger. Thanks. Thanks very much. You waiting for someone? Yeah, I was. I don't think he's going to show up. You must know how that sort of thing is. When someone you're counting on doesn't show. Yeah. Yes, I know what that's like, Diana. And I've been looking for you almost a year. You know my name. Who are you? You mean you've forgotten me, Diana? I suppose you would have. The pitiful greenhorn you picked up last March? You. <coughs> the Montana fella. That's right. Roy Bartlett. You taught me how to drink a martini, remember, in this very place. And then you taught me what it was like to be robbed by someone you trusted. I'm getting out of here. You can't keep me here. You'll leave when I want you to leave, Diana, not before sit still. Don't make a fuss. Let go my arms. You're hurting me. You just sit and try to look relaxed. Don't attract attention. You can't prove anything. Leave me alone or I'll call a cop. Go ahead, Diana. Call one. Now, look. That badge. Oh, no. You... That's right. I found a job in a big city diner. Six months of training and the breaking-in period. I don't happen to be wearing my uniform now, but the badge is real. What are you going to do with me? Take you away, Diana, to Psych Center, where they can help you straighten up and grow the way God meant you to. You know, girl, you really did help me, and it really was worth the 5000 you took from me. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and you showed me how to get the kind of job I wanted. What are you talking about? You've never done any farming, have you, Diana? Probably don't realize what a farmer's job is. Well, it's making things grow. Grow strong and right the way they were meant to. But I guess I got sort of tired of working just with plants. No, no, no. They'll kill me. They'll make me into something I hate and something that'll hate me. It won't be me. I'll be a, a zombie or something. Mm, I suppose it does seem that way. Mm. You never tried it the other way, though, have you? Without hate and bitterness driving you. You mean tried being dead? 
No, I haven't. No, I mean stop running and start doing what you want for yourself instead of what you think you want to do to somebody else. Now, look. We need Mike, too, your accomplice. He's outside, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Let's walk out together. Act natural. That's right. Just walk along with me as if I'm a rube you picked up when you're taking me down the block to that dark alleyway. Yeah, yeah. Where's Mike? Is he right behind us? He ought to be. He... Mike! Mike, get him! He's a cop! That stun gun blast ought to keep him on ice for a couple of hours. Long enough to get him down to headquarters, anyway. I hate you. Why does this have to happen? Why couldn't you left me alone? I wanted to help you. Help me. By turning me in like this behind me over at the head shrinker. They'll heal you, Diane. Take all the bitter hatred out of your mind. Make you a useful citizen. Who wants to be a useful citizen? I had a good thing here until you busted it up. Now they'll fix me, so I'll have to go straight be a, a good girl. Sell buttons on shirts for 30 credits a week. There are good jobs open for rehabilitated criminals. Nobody will hold your past against you. Good job. I'll never be able to go near my old friends. I'll have to begin life all over. It's somebody new. That's right. And I'll be there to help you start all over. You? Sure. I'll be there to help you. I told you I owe you that. Come along now. Let's go down to headquarters. Some people like to work with material things. And some can't see beyond it. When they can't see beyond material things, they're like Diane. Some people like to work with information, bits of data. Accountants, lawyers, many people work with data and information. So do computers. But some go beyond that and they want to work with human beings. Now, some lawyers are not merely information handlers. They're human handlers. I guess Roy was one of those who wanted to go beyond the material and even the low-living things. He wanted to work with humans. You see, Diane did do him a favor, and he did owe her a favor. She'd shown him what his real-life work should be. And that's this week's Mutual Presents feature. The Mutual Audio Network brings the best of old-time radio and modern audio theater to the world. Be sure to subscribe through the Mutual Audio Network podcast feed, any of our podcast days, or the Mutual YouTube channel, which includes MadCon and many other extra features and shows. See you all next time at Mutual Presents. Good night. Thank you for listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. We invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee.
our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama, or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the Matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.